we're going to introduce the JCS Champions Program. We're going to put people with a differing ability, we're going to give them a business in a box, 1,000 people into business. Holy cow. They could control. Remember that many can't work too many hours and they will be empowered by having their own business. 1,000 entrepreneurs. This is Going Boldly, the podcast. Here's your host, Russ the Big Guy. Hi, it is Russ the Big Guy. I'm a lifelong entrepreneur who is very familiar with the struggles and successes related to running a business. I know it is definitely worth the struggle. The freedom and unlimited potential keep me moving forward, fueled by my why. Aligned with that is my desire to share with you, the entrepreneur and aspiring business owner, entertainment, information, inspiration, and even transformation into an even more amazing entrepreneur and human. To those ends, please enjoy this episode of Going Boldly. Well, we've gotten started already before we hit record. This looks like it's going to be a fun interview. And uh, I have some interesting people today. I have Mark and John Cronin, and they are powerful keynote speakers. They've testified before Congress. They've talked to the United Nations. And oh yeah, they're also a multi-million dollar business, a socially conscious business, and you've probably heard of them already. John's Crazy Socks. You can get over 2,000 different kinds of socks, and they support a lot of great uh, movements, a lot of great organizations. Welcome to the podcast, Mark and John. We're glad to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's great to have you both here. Listen, you guys have been uh, first of all, thank you for doing this. I know, like in my mind, you two are famous already because I remember hearing about you probably back when you first started the business. John, uh, Mark, I know you've had some business experience, so that was very helpful. And I bet John had, it was a great inspiration and is a great inspiration to you and to all the great folks that you have working for you and your clients. Uh, I don't know if I saw you on uh, 60 Minutes or what was what was your first little inkling of uh, media exposure? Well, we've been, we've been very fortunate. Uh, the first kind of boom came actually with an online video put out by a, an online journal called The Mighty. Yes. Remember that? It was kind of funny the way it broke. We had only been open. We're, we're in our third month. And uh, they put out a video that went viral and got over 20 million views. Wow. And, uh, you know, I, I know we're talking to our tribe. We're talking to other entrepreneurs. Yes. Um, you know, watch what you ask for. You may get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, were you overwhelmed? Did you get overwhelmed we by orders? From doing what happened? 50 orders a day to doing over a thousand orders. Well, how did you, um, how did you manage that? With great difficulty. Yeah, we, we sold out of our inventory, so we were cramming to get that back in. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll give you, you know, one example. I went to our local Best Buy one night to buy two computers so we could add some packing stations, and I recruited two of their employees to come work for us the next day. Oh um, my gosh! So, it, <laughs> and you know, we we look back on that. Um, and there was some funny times. Like we had one table that we'd have three people working around. And yeah. uh, we were in this old house that had been converted to office space. 
that was built in 1741. And they they say, you know, they don't build it like they used to. Yeah. Well, thank God. I, there's this probably no electricity in there. Floors, tilted stairways, oh my low gosh. ceilings. I was always banging my head on the ceilings. Um, but that was the first time. Well, John, um, did you, what about you, John? Did do you remember working in that house? Remember the old house? I I do. I I I do. I remember that. You like that, huh? I do. Yeah. I, there was one night. We slept there because oh, there was that, a storm coming in, right? I, I just want to say what, um, that when the storm comes, um, um, we spend uh, that, that office and um, I feel fine. And, and when um, mom in, in an air mattress. We're on air mattresses, and, right? And, and my dad actually. Try climb in <laughs> in an air mattress. My mom are flying. <laughs> I I jumped on the air mattress and she went flying. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's too bad you didn't get that on video. That would have been your second viral video. <laughs> John, why why did you choose socks as a business? Why weren't you interested in hats or um? Why, why didn't Why didn't you want to... socks? Is fun. Yeah. It's colorful. It's creative. I always. Let me be be me. I want crazy like my child life. I, I drive around, uh, uh, look for it. We used to drive around looking for socks to go. No, wait yes. a minute. Oh, so so socks was like you're so you were interested in fun socks before the business. Is that right? Absolutely. Is that what I'm hearing? Right. Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. It was so, something he loved and something he knew about. So it was a natural, natural. Uh, it was a natural business for you then. Yeah, well, though, um, you know, again, speaking to other entrepreneurs, yeah, you know, entrepreneurs come up with ideas all the time, right? Sure. We're, we're always coming up with ideas, and some of them are good ideas, but not all. You know? <laughs> so, socks was not John's first idea. Oh. Right? What was one of them? Remember the... the uh, yeah, a food truck. I have an idea okay. about the movie Chef. Yeah. And John Favreau, a movie about fathers done bodying over a food truck. And we thought that would be great fun, right? And we're thinking, what could we make and where would we do it? Yeah. Uh, but we, we ran into a problem. That would be, exa- oh, that would be exhausting long term. Yeah, we, we can't cook. <laughs> ah. <so. laughs> oh, dear. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. But this is, uh, you know, again, speaking to aspiring entrepreneurs. Yeah. This was born out of real difficulty and real challenge. Tell us about that. And and then also let them know a little bit about the business. I think everyone knows of you and John by now, but for our listeners who don't, maybe you could also tell them a little bit about, you know, what your business well, is doing in numbers and some other things about your, you know, your company that you'd like them to know. So, so yeah, why don't we, we'll, we'll start there and then we'll go back to the start. Because okay. we want people to know what's possible. Right? Yes. Yeah, definitely. So, what's the name of the business? And John's Pretty Socks. And what's our mission? Spring Happiness. So we have built a, a social enterprise. So it's a slightly different business model. Yeah. We have both a social mission and a business mission. And they feed off of each other. They're indivisible. Right. We are a for-profit. John and I, we we like to live indoors, yep. so you got to pay the rent. Yeah. Um, but the social mission helps us stand out, and and everything comes down to 
spreading happiness. What, how can we make others happy? And, and John, what are the two things that you say always matter? A gratitude and do for others. Gratitude do for others. And that's what we build in here. And, and it's important that they not just be empty words. Yes. So every decision we make, is, we ask ourselves, is this going to spread happiness? And not just with our customers, but with our employees and in the community. We have a lot of stakeholders to answer to. We built the business really on four pillars. Fun product. Fun product you can love. Make it personal. So a project you can love. You know, giving back. Giving back. And hope and inspiration. I, I, right? And hope. Right? So you got to start with the goods, right? Yeah. We're an e-commerce business. You got to run a good e-commerce business. So you got to have a good website. You got to have good selection. How many different socks do we have now, John? Over there, 3,000 different kinds of socks. We have over 3,000 socks. Wow. Plus, this is really cool. So, yeah. That so you've, uh, you've, in, you've increased by 50% of what I was familiar with. Yeah, that's. We, we've been growing it because we want to have the best selection available. John is now the owner of the world's largest sock store. No kidding. Nobody else has the choice we have. That's pretty amazing. It'd be kind of hard to pick your favorite, I think, out of that. Well, that's part of it, right? Um, many businesses, if you look at your sales, you'll see the 80-20 pattern. Yeah. Where 20% of your items account for 80% of your revenue. Uh, we don't have that. It's much more like 55, 45. Um, you know, we have some bestsellers, but it's mainly people finding what allows them to express themselves or that perfect gift for somebody else. Isn't that interesting? It must have been kind of tough for you to start an online business when you did. Um, that was quite a while ago, I think. Our internet and uh, you know the digital well, we world. Opened, what, what day did we open, John? Uh, we opened a Friday, December 9th, two thousand sixteen. So we'll be five years old come this December. Okay. And, you know, we can tell you today, right? We've shipped over three hundred thousand packages to eighty-five different countries. Yeah. We have um, two hundred forty thousand Facebook followers. 60,000 Instagram followers. We've the cumulative revenue is over $12 million, right? That's um, insane. 12, $12 million worth of crazy socks. But people, I think it's important to know, and, and we offer this to share this with, with other entrepreneurs. Yeah. It didn't start that way. In fact, it started at a really bad time for us. Um, you know, John, where were you in the fall of 2016? I, I, I entered in uh, a hunting high school. I got to be my last year. Uh, so you, you, we should tell you that John has Down syndrome, right? Right. And in the U.S., no matter what state you're in, yeah. if you have a disability, you can stay in the school system until you turn 21. But then you got to leave. Oh. Um, and then you're on your own. So John is in his last year of school trying to figure out what he's going to do next, right? And what were you looking at? I like a job program in school. I don't like the other option. I don't like. He didn't say anything he liked. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, 
our family was in a crisis. We, uh, John and I, were working together then uh, with my wife, who was an attorney. Um, and you know, John has Down syndrome. If you look from the outside, you might say Down syndrome is the uh, presenting condition. But in fact, uh, my wife and one of our sons, we have three sons, has, has really struggled with depression and anxiety. Yeah. And so my wife is a good lawyer, but she needed help. So I came to work with her in that law practice, and that became our family business. I was doing the marketing and managing the day-to-day. -day. She was handling all the cases. And even John was working there, right? Right. Were you coming up to school, and what were you doing? I do a shredding, I go to post office. You ran errands, right? Yes. That's good. Down syndrome is easy. Depression is hard. And, and many people in your audience will know this because yeah. it's so prevalent. And it can lead you to do irrational and self-destructive things. Well, we're actually recording this in September, and that's uh, um, Suicide Awareness uh, Month and a lot of work being done to uh, draw attention to the fact that there are people who are living with anxiety, depression, and uh, encouraging people to ask for help and to also pay attention and uh, offer help, you know? And that's one of the reasons we talk about it. Yeah. Um, and what had happened is several years before we were working together, my wife did something you can't do. She dipped into a client's fund and took some money. And this came to light in October of 2016 when two detectives showed up at the office and she was arrested. And we had to shut that family business, what was now the family business, we had to shut that down overnight. Oh dear. So we're there, you know, no, no income. We now have a debt to pay. We have to pay this client back. My wife is facing jail. John's not sure of his future. Um, that's a difficult time. And, you know, all we could do was bind tight together, hold tight, and just look for a way forward. Look, look for what possibilities we could see. You know, at that time, I was 58 years old. I'm an entrepreneur, which, which also means I'm unemployable, right? Yeah. I can't work for someone else. <laughs> I hear that. So I started some online, I was starting some online businesses. And that's when my partner here, what did you tell me? I said, I want to go out with my dad. I want to have a nice fellow seven to go. He's the one who said, yeah. let's do this together. Yeah. Um, and, and ultimately, he's the one who said, we should sell socks. Interesting. Um, and, and I share that with your audience so people know you can't go around and <coughs> woe is me and yeah. it's always hard and it's always the wrong time but if you just look forward and believe we can find possibilities you know john may have down syndrome but that's not going to stop him and we were in an awful place but we could find a way forward and it really came down to those two things you always talk about right right doing for others and having gratitude. We were so fortunate that we get to get, keep going. We built a business around doing for others. I want to share that so other people know they're not alone in their struggles and good things can come of it. 
Yes. And, you know, we talk about that a lot on the podcast. Gosh, it seems like every other episode. That is really kind of the life of an entrepreneur anyways. It's constantly solving problems. It's it's having obstacles presented to you constantly, either external or internal. It's those internal voices. Um, it's that self-doubt. It's, it's all that old programming. And um, the external ones, obviously, you had mentioned a few right there that were pretty serious, you know, and uh, it might be, you know, health issues. It might be, uh, uh, you know, the economy. It might be suppliers. It might be, it might be having a business be too successful too quickly. Uh, right. That's that's probably the best problem to have, I would guess. <laughs> but well, that's a nice problem to have, right? And when yeah. we talk to other entrepreneurs, particularly students, you know, we always make the point of uh, you know, it's not will things go wrong. Yes. It's when will they go wrong? Right. Because something's going to happen, right? And you can't cry, you can't lay on the floor. You got to just keep finding a way to move forward. As long as you can stay alive another day, you're okay. Yeah, um, yeah. Live to know. fight another day. That's absolutely true. Some of it gets to be humorous, right? Like, well, the day we're going to open. After the what fact, day were yeah. we, what time were we going to open? Uh, are, are we going to open um, at, at ten in the morning? Well, what happened? A website crashed. I did all my dad. Right. What the happened? website crashed. Oh but my goodness. We're going to open at 10 in the morning and our website crashed because our webmaster, who was me at the time, yeah. screwed something up. Oh, um, oh dear. But you open at three in the afternoon and you figure out, okay, here's what we're going to do. Or, um, you know, what, what do we put in every package? Uh, I'm thinking no for me and a candy. So every, every package to this day, yeah. from day one right up to today, gets a handwritten thank you note from John and some candy. But when we started, what candy were we using? Hershey's Kisses. Hershey's Kisses, you know, little chocolates. Oh, yeah. Smelled great. They Everybody met. loved it. <laughs> I already know the problem. <laughs> until we get the email from the woman in Florida. Oh, yeah. Saying, you may not want to be shipping chocolates in the south. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can only imagine. Right, but... Oh, you know, so what we get to do, yeah, we had to get something started. We tested it. Uh, we went the lean startup route. You know, didn't do a detailed business plan. We got up and running. Yeah, you gotta, you know. So we built the store on the Shopify platform. We got a little inventory, and you know, and that and some of your listeners may have been through this. You'd call a supplier, and they'd say, "Well, we're not going to sell to you until you show us you have some sales." <laughs> well, how am I going to get sales if you won't sell to me? Yeah, um, <laughs> we're we're bootstrapping, so you got to use the resources you have. The only marketing we did was to set up a Facebook page, and I would take out my cell phone, and we'd make videos. And, and who was in the videos? I am. I talk about socks, stock, stock, more stock, and. <laughs> I just put it out there and, yeah. you know, originally most of the orders were local. How did we deliver them? I'm home delivery. John would knock on doors. No kidding. We were getting customers ordering again just to get John to come back to their house. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> right? Oh, Mark. Then, Mark, you must have been exhausted because you, you were already in your 50s. <laughs> oh, this was, yes, but how energizing was it? And, you know, what a hoot. We'd, it'd be 10 o'clock at night and John's knocking on doors. He's lucky they didn't answer with a shotgun. Oh, my gosh. 
But once we saw that it could work, yeah. right, we, we built the business around what we saw there. It's going to be great products and great customer service. We're going to connect with our customers. And once you believe that, you just keep finding ways, right? So most of your um, listeners probably know if you, you know, your email is really important and you can segment your email to per- make it more personal for customers. Yeah. We segment our fulfillment. We have five different packages that go out oh. depending on how many orders a customer has placed. Tell me about that. Um, well, it's, you know, we're always looking to make a personal connection with customers. Yeah. Right? It's, you still get the thank you note and the candy. But we had the idea, well, why, if we want to make a personal connection, why do we send everybody the same package? When orders come in, that gets tagged. And if you're a first-time customer, you get one package. You're still going to get the thank you note from John. You're still going to get the candy. But the note is different. Um, And we put different inserts in. If you're a repeat customer, you get slightly different. If you place three, if it's your third or fourth order, you get something different. If it's your fifth order, you're getting something different. Um, it's just paying attention to your customer. So we put candy in the packages, right? Yeah. One day, one of our packers, we call them happiness packers, right? right. Okay. She comes and says, you know, we sell socks for diabetics. We're selling these diabetic socks. And we're sending these socks for diabetics out with candy. Like, oh, what do we do with it? So now we have a batch of sugar-free candy. And if you order the diabetic socks, you get sugar-free candy. I love it. Did you say they're happiness packers? Yeah. I love we, it. We do our own fulfillment. <laughs> yeah. And what do we call our uh, pickers? Sock wranglers. Sock wranglers. What are they? What? Sock what? Sock wranglers. Wranglers. I love so, that. You do that, giving back is baked into what we do. So from day one, yeah, we pledged 5% of our earnings to the Special Olympics. Yes. So why the Special Olympics? I am a Olympic athlete. Right, John's a Special Olympic athlete. Okay, and what uh, what does John compete in, John? John, what's your course? event? Um, I play basketball, track and field, soccer, and snowshoe. And what was the last one, John? Snowshoe. Snowshoe. Oh, I didn't know that was an event. Interesting. They put what? on the snowshoes and you go out and you run. Except, oh my God! They only do two two meets a year: one in late January, one in February. Yeah. <laughs> but they start training in the summer by running on a beach with their snowshoes, right? Right. You like oh, that? Jeepers! Oh my God! Uh, oh God! So, we are multi multi talented. How old are you now? I'm twenty five. Twenty five. When did you start playing the Special Olympics? I started, uh, I started when I was five years old. When you were five? And, yeah. started oh. playing soccer when he was five. And and here's the thing. Yeah. Without the Special Olympics, there would be no John's Crazy Socks. Is that true? The experiences and the lessons that John learned in the Special Olympics helped put him in a place where he could run his own business. What are a couple of things that were impactful that made the difference? What did you learn in Special Olympics? I learned uh, discipline. I learned uh, uh, I learned discipline. How to be close uh, and how to be uh, a sports sportsmanship and uh, a, a, a big 
leader. Right. And um, you learn how to how to fail. Yes. You know, oh. you lose one race, you got to get back up and, and race the next one. You, you learn how to be coached. You learn how to work. You know, I told you about the snowshoe, how to work yeah. for a long-term goal. Yeah, that's awesome. But then we went on to create products that raise awareness and raise money for certain causes. Yeah. So what was the first one, John? I, I downed it from awareness. Down, John created the world's first Down syndrome awareness sock. Now, I'm not familiar with that that sock. What does that look like, John? What's it look like? What's it got on it? I I got a three heart twenty one, a three heart twenty one, a three twenty one copies, uh, as a console. It shows a little icon with okay. the number three, and right. a heart, and then the number twenty one. Because here's how you get Down syndrome. We all have twenty three pairs of chromosomes. People with Down syndrome have an extra twenty first chromosome. Mm. And it also echoes that World Down Syndrome Day is March 21st, the third month, 21st day. And very conveniently, people celebrate World Down Syndrome Day by wearing crazy socks. Interesting. Wow, that was a, you, that's the perfect mix right there. You would have thought we knew that before starting the business, but we're not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> But well, that's one of those happy, those make, happy accidents, Mark. It's a one of those happy well, you accidents, keep, you know. Keep putting yourself out there. We, we've gone on to make yeah. autism awareness socks, yes. cerebral palsy awareness socks, pet rescue socks. Last year during the pandemic, we wanted to say thank you to the frontline workers. Mm. So we made healthcare superhero socks, and they've raised over $50,000 for the American Nurses Foundation for their COVID-19 fund. Interesting. Um, now, who, who's involved with coming up with the ideas for these different, uh, these new socks? Well, everybody here, but you designed some, right? I did. You designed a bunch. Mm-hmm. Our customers give us ideas. In fact, we're going to announce the winner of our first sock design contest. Oh. Which is very cool. The, a, a local TV station is going to, have us on, and we're going to announce the winner. And the winner designed a great pair of socks yeah, that we'll make. And we're going to donate 10% from those socks to a charity of her choice. Right. And she gets a $1,000 prize uh, plus socks. Um, but we get ideas from lots of places and people that we work with. So right now, we're working with the American Cancer Society yeah. on uh, their Gold Together campaign. We're one of the sponsors of that campaign. Oh, nice. Uh, but the most, the, the really essential thing we do is to show what people with different abilities can do. Well, I, right. I love that. And I just wanted to say that I, I've always said, um, like I've always had a problem with the term disabled. And um, I'm not disabled. In fact, I'm not, I wouldn't really say that I, and I'm not differently abled, um, but I am differently abled. So I think we all are. And I, I always kind of like that idea. And I've, I've actually talked to a couple of people. Um, uh, I, I was over in Ireland and I met a young man who was blind and he was, he was pretty, uh, um, pretty able to get around. And um, I think he had some other delays, uh, but he kept saying that he was disabled, disabled, disabled. And I'm thinking, 
you know, somehow this, this guy's got this label on him and then he's identifying with it. And, and I had a little chat with him and I said, well, would you consider the fact that maybe you're just differently abled? I mean, we're all different. Everybody has different challenges. You have a couple more than, uh, than the rest of us. Um, but you also have a lot of abilities. And so he was pretty excited about the idea. And, and I hope that I, it came from a place of love in my heart and I hope, I know, and I hope it's received correctly uh, when I say it. But I noticed on your website, I think it's where I saw it, is that you had mentioned that you employ people who are uh, with differing abilities. And I think that's essentially the same thing. What are your thoughts on this? That, that is the same thing. And we, more than half of our workforce has a differing ability. Yeah. Uh, right? It starts with John. You have Down syndrome, right? Yes, I am. What do you say about Down syndrome? Oh, I have Down syndrome. I Down syndrome never hold me back. No. And John is the face of the business, right? Yeah. Yes, I am. We don't hide him in the back room. Yeah. He's the image. Yeah. And, and for us, it's not enough to just show, to, to hire people. We want to show the world. So everybody who works here is in the content we create for social media, right? And we do everything we can to both offer inspiration for people with different abilities and to show others what they can do. So we, we host school tours. We do speaking engagements. This is why we're so grateful, Russ, yeah. for you having us on the podcast. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. Right? Yeah, it's, and as it's, I said, it's a privilege having you here. It's, you know, it's the advocacy work we can do. We've done three phone calls already this week with uh, congressional offices or with legislation we're pushing that would benefit people with different abilities. Um, is that something that's why we testified is, twice before Congress? Is that we something you could it. talk about? Yeah, um, there, there are two things that that we're, we're really pushing hard. One is to eliminate the sub minimum wage. So a little bit of American history. There is the Fair Labor Standards Act of 1938. It's a great piece of American legislation. It created the 40-hour work week. It eliminated child labor. It created the minimum wage. Yeah. But Section 14C allows employers to pay people with a differing with a disability less than minimum wage. So there are as many as 400,000 people in this country being paid as little as five cents an hour. Well, what's the thinking behind that? The thinking was in 1938. Yeah. Well, these people can't really do anything. Oh, my God. So we'll pay them less and give them some little things to do. Yeah. In 1938, John would not have survived childhood. Or infancy, right? Because of medical challenge. Yeah, and if he did, he most likely would have been institutionalized. Yeah, it's a different world. So, well, let, let's just let's just stop for a second, and let's just listeners, let's just imagine the impact of that. Like, just imagine not having John. Um, that almost makes me want to cry. If you could just of all the amazing humans that didn't get a chance to live to their fullest capacity. Well, gosh. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and I could 
you know, take a, a small side trip. Um, that's one of the features of Down syndrome is people with Down syndrome, there are certain common um, challenges they all face. Yeah. Intellectual disabilities. But physical uh, too. Muscle tone. Yeah. But there are also very significant medical challenges. Yeah. So John here uh, was born with a problem with his intestines. So they weren't fully formed. So on day three of his life, he had intestinal bypass surgery. Mm -hmm. um, we did not know if he would survive. We brought a Catholic priest in to baptize him because we didn't know if he'd get off the operating table. Yeah. And before he was three months old, he had open heart surgery oh. to repair two holes in his heart. Mm -hmm. A few years earlier, they weren't doing that surgery. Yeah. Right? Oh, so gosh. that's one of the reasons we're so grateful. As a father, just, you know, thinking about that, it's, oh, gosh. It's, uh, oh. We're, we're grateful for the opportunity. We're grateful for what you teach us, buddy. Right? Yeah. They, you know, one of the things you hear. There's truth to that. You hear as a parent of a child with a disability is, oh, you know, here's a common one. God only gives a burden to those who can handle the burden. Yeah. Well, the first thing is John's not a burden. Mm. That's my son. Yeah. And the second thing is my wife and I and his two brothers, we are better people because of John. John has been patient with us. <laughs> you oh, yeah. put up with us, right? <laughs> and you've taught us, right? And we we instill that in the business we have. Um, right? one, one, one of the one of the things that I that I've noticed and I've experienced. So I've done um, some volunteering and then also been hired by our local Buddy Walk in the past to do some DJ work or to draw caricatures for them or what have you. And, uh, one of the things that I noticed is that population has an amazing capacity for love. They are not judgmental in any way. And, and, um, what, if, what if we could all live more like that? Yeah. And we get to choose the world we want to live in. Yeah. I, I'll give you a small practical example. A few weeks ago, I overheard a conversation with some of our colleagues. Um, a woman had called up and placed an order from some, for some socks over the phone, right? So, so here's the way we operate. Um, we only sell online unless you call up and want to give us an order on the phone. Mm -hmm. and, and we only take credit cards unless you say you want to pay by it. So this woman had said she wanted to pay by check. And we made a mistake. We didn't pull the order right away. So when her check arrived, one of the socks she wanted had sold out. And I'm listening to this and I say, huh, why didn't we just send her the order right away? And my, my colleague said, well, you know, we have to wait till we get to check, make sure we got the money. Yeah. But why? If you told me you were going to mail me a check, would you? Everybody said, yes, I would. So I said, so why don't we live in that world? Mm. Why don't we live in that world where if somebody gives us their word, we're going to trust them. 
Yeah. If they break their word, that's a different story. Um, we're not talking about people checking a box anonymously at a website. We're talking about people we had a telephone conversation with. Yeah. Um, and one of a colleague said, well, what if it's an order over $100? We're at risk on that. I said, so what? Hmm. We should be happy we get that. And it turns out in five years, or almost five years, we've never received a bounce check. Isn't that something? And, and, and so let's just choose to live in that world. Yeah. We yeah. all get to make that choice. Yeah. And that's, I agree with that. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why I do the things that I do. Um, and I often say, you know, I don't want to live like that. Um, I, I have a certain way that I think and, 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 uh, impacts, um, what I do and how I interact with the rest of the world. And it, um, it, it makes, it helps me choose what I want to uh, spend my energy on my resources on. And, uh, you know, there's a lot going on in the world that I, I just don't want part of my life. I don't want to, I don't want to live like that. Yeah. And, and this is both personal. It's very but personal. It also affects us with business. Yeah. Right. So we're yeah. a social enterprise. We don't reduce our customers to just numbers. What we're building is a community. So we're very conscious of that in the way we, you know, things we post on social media or the emails we send out. Now, yes, we want to get sales, but we're not just hammering people in sales. We're building a relationship. It's not just transactions. Yeah. We, we want to share an experience. Well, you've certainly, um, proved, you've certainly proved that it's successful. That's a good combination of a socially conscious business and, and then uh, organization and then also a for-profit business. And I think it's great. Mark, let me just get you back because we sort of went off on a tangent and I wanted to get back to what you were talking about with uh, legislation. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, because I think that there were a couple of things. You started talking about the sub-minimum wage. The where, sub-minimum wage. So there, yeah. is led, there is a bill in Congress now yeah. that would uh, eliminate the sub-minimum wage. And it also provides some funding for some places that run what, what are called sheltered workshops. Yes. So they could transition out. So that's one key piece of legislation. It is, you know, it, it's outrageous. We are like our, we're, we're not dictating what you got to pay people. Just you yeah. got to pay them, treat them the way you treat everybody else. It's an equity issue. Yeah. Our, our starting wage here is $15 an hour. Um, it wouldn't be right to say, well, you, you have autism, so I'm only going to pay you $5. Well, let me just, let me just approach this from a point of uh, logic. And I realize that doesn't always have anything to do with legislation, but, um, so if I was an employer and I was going to hire a person, I would hire them, um, if they were a good fit for the job that I had available. So if I had a job driving a truck running packages back and forth to the front door, I probably wouldn't hire someone who was confined to a wheelchair. I would hire someone else. But if I had a job that required some other activity and, and this just came into my mind, I, I literally just saw a video of a guy who works in a garage who's in a wheelchair. He has, I believe he had no legs below the knee and he does everything in that work in that garage, fixing vehicles that, any other differently abled person does. And that was pretty incredible. 
He gets a little dirt. He gets a little dirtier than most because <laughs> it's a dirty job to begin with. But there he is. I don't understand that part. So if I had someone who was maybe their capability abilities allowed them to be a good at filing, you know, what's the difference? What other capabilities they did or didn't have? Well, I'll tell you what you want to do is hire the best people for yeah. your for place. The, for, yeah. And, but the, the key is focus on what people can do, not what they can't do. Yes. So Thank I'll give you, you two examples. <laughs> I think you just said that simply and I, I went all the way around and, it. <laughs> we, so we do our own fulfillment. Yeah. Um, we pull from three labor pools. We pull from uh, people with differing abilities, moms. There are some dads out there as well okay. because we we schedule everybody with four-hour shifts. You, you may take two four-hour shifts in a day, yeah. um, but that gives people flexibility. So, you know, if I'm a mom or a dad, I can put my kid on the bus in the morning, pick, them, pick the kid up in the afternoon. Perfect. And then there are just laborers who are looking for a, a $15 an hour job. Yeah. By far, the best labor pool, or for us, have been people with different abilities. We're on Long Island, outside New York City. Yeah, you know, in much of this country, and this is true in this area, there is a growing labor shortage. Yeah, I hear it all the time. Find enough good workers, and yet we have this vast, untapped pool of labor, which are people with different abilities, yeah. and that's the match. So in 2018, and we're going through the roof with our sales, we were able to fill every job we needed. I know other places, they either lost business or they had to pay lots more expenses and overtime. Oh my They couldn't get enough workers. So hiring people with different abilities becomes a competitive advantage. It's, it's not altruism. It's good business. Yeah. And I'll give you a couple examples. We, we do a lot of work with Microsoft. So Satya Nadella, their CEO, who has a son with CP, mm-hmm. picks his head up and is wondering, how come we're not hiring more people with different abilities? And particularly, many people with autism are really great programmers. They have great technical skills. Yeah. Well, I could tell you, they couldn't get past the interview. That's true. They don't look. They may not look you in the eye. They may not have a good handshake. Yeah. So Microsoft says, "Oh, we're going to change this," and they change their hiring process. And as a result, they now hire lots of people with differing abilities, and that gives them a competitive advantage over other tech companies. Or, I had a conversation with the managing partner for the EY office in Dublin. Now, EY used to be called Ernest & Young to change her name to EY. Okay. They have 250,000 employees worldwide. Wow. And they have an annual turnover of 20%. Oh, goodness. Oh, my goodness. They have to hire 50,000 people a year. Think of the cost. How do they do it? That's almost impossible. How do they do that? <laughs> oh so goodness. I'm talking to the managing partner in Dublin who tells me they had set up a program with Trinity College, which is right downtown Dublin, which had a program for people on the spectrum. Yeah. And they started hiring from there. Once they did that, they could measure the impact it had on improving their retention rate. It wow. was good business. Yeah. Right? And the other example I'll give you to kind of put it in framework is, is a little American history again. So it's 1947, 
and the Brooklyn Dodgers break the cola barrier in baseball by signing Jackie Robinson. Yeah. In doing so, they said, we only care can you play baseball. We're not looking at things that don't matter, like color of your skin. Mm -hmm. The Brooklyn Dodgers integrated. The next team to integrate were the Cleveland Indians. The next team were the New York uh, baseball giants. Guess what? They became the best teams in baseball. Simply because they said, we're hiring people for what they can do, and we're ignoring the other nonsense. Yeah, it's always it's always interesting to me that uh, how much how much talent and opportunity is wasted by not allowing anybody to be the best that they can be, and right. and and acknowledging it, uh, honoring it, and supporting it. Just mind boggling. Uh, we're kind of getting closer to the part where we need to talk about the the questions. I had mentioned earlier one of the things that uh, I've been involved with is the buddy walk here, and. Um, so, John, I know that you're an athlete, and do you also participate in the Buddy Walk at all, or do you have a do you have a crew that might go with you? Or you want to tell them about the Buddy Walk? What do you say about Buddy Walks? I love Buddy Walk. Oh, you do. In fact, we work. We are uh, the national sponsor oh. for the National Down Syndrome Society Buddy Walk program. We make Buddy Walk socks. We have a Buddy Walk charity fundraising program. Yes. Right? No kidding. Oh, that's um, awesome. John is doing a dance party for the Arkansas Buddy Walk. That's going to be great. I'm so excited. Right? Yeah. You like to dance? Do you like to dance? I love to dance. <laughs> okay. In, in fact, Russ. Is he any good? To, Mark, is he any good? welcome to join us. Oh. Every Tuesday afternoon. Oh, yeah. I, every Tuesday. I host a dance party every Tuesday at 3 p.m. John hosts an online dance party. For real? At 3 p.m. every Tuesday. All right, wait a minute now. I'm going to commit to at least one. So give me the details again. Everybody listen up every Tuesday. 3 p.m. It's 3 p.m. Eastern time. All right. You have to sign up if you go to our website. Yeah. And we can send you the link. At the bottom of the page, you'll see a link for John's dance party. All right, what's the the website? Tell everybody. What's the website? And Johnscrazysocks.com. Johnscrazysocks.com. And this is kind of simple, right? Last year, we, like everybody else, we get hit by the pandemic, which was bad for our business. So the first thing you got to do, you got to make sure everybody's safe. Yeah. So, you know, here's another fact to share. People like John, people with Down syndrome are not more likely to get the virus. Okay. But if they do... Right. They're five times more likely to be hospitalized. Oh, boy. Ten times more likely to die. Yeah. So we got to make sure our people are safe. Yeah. Um, But beyond that, you have to adapt. So we move our tours online, our speaking engagements online. Yeah. And you have to see what new needs are there and what new opportunities. So what's our mission now? Spreading happiness. So what better way to spread happiness than host a dance party? I love it. Right. All right, listen. Um, now I'm gonna I'm gonna do a shout out and a challenge because I know somebody who's very much into music, uh, very knowledgeable about music. I'm not sure I've actually seen him dance, but I have a friend, and uh, his name is Nick Moran, and I hopefully he'll be out of school at three, and I'm challenging him to get on the the dance party. So Nick, if you're out there, Nick Moran. 
Mom Lisa. Uh, All right, let's uh, get on John's dance yes, party. Uh, uh, come join us and dance party. That's right. John's giving a shout out to Nick too. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, and uh, that's super. Oh, I need to do a breakaway just real quick and give a shout out to Will, Tom, and Nate. They're three young guys who own ParlorCityFurniture.com. Um, they're just killing it over there, and they're now a sponsor of the podcast, which is awesome. They are helping me outfit a new video studio, and I have a, a cool standing desk. It's motorized, goes from seated to standing. There's pre-recorded or pre-programmed positions also. Um, and we're going to be doing some upgrades in the podcast studio too. So they're super motivated, super cool. Uh, they want to help you. They're very excited about their business. They ship globally. You can find out more at ParlorCityFurniture.com. Back to the show. All right. Well, listen, we're getting closer to the questions. John, what's the best way one more time for people to get a hold of you and contact you and find out about everything you're doing and uh, maybe even order some socks? Oh, I, I go to JohnsCrazySocks.com. They go to JohnsCrazySocks.com. Yeah. And understand, when you buy from us, not only are you getting great socks, right? We have 29,000 online reviews and 96% of those are five-star reviews. Nice. Uh, not only are you getting great socks, but you enable us to hire people with different abilities. You enable us to give back. Yeah. And most of all, you're helping us spread happiness. That's beautiful. Are you guys active on social media? We're very active. We have 240,000 Facebook followers. So okay. Facebook. What are, what are you on Facebook, John? It's just John's crazy socks. Right? Oh, okay. Right. It's All very right. easy. All We're right. certified and uh, on All Facebook, right. and you can find us on Instagram and on um, Twitter and now TikTok, right? Right. You I like would... making TikTok videos. Me too. You're dancing all the time? Yes, I do. <laughs> and, and Russ, here's a really cool thing. I, I'm a proud dad. I get to share yeah. some. Yeah, it's awesome. I, so our giving back, We've now donated over $450,000 to our oh charity gosh. partners. Oh, my goodness. And a really cool thing. John here, a Special Olympic athlete, has donated over $100,000 to the Special Olympics. How oh, cool my goodness. That? That's amazing. Oh, my goodness. That, that's something I haven't even been able to do. <laughs> Listen, guys, it's time for the questions. Stand by. It's time to answer the questions. I double dare you. Okay, it's that time on our show where we challenge our guests to answer the questions. A little bit different for every guest, sort of depends on where they're at and what the kind of like my whim and what I think might be good. So, Mark and John, are you ready to answer the questions and do you promise to answer them honestly and transparently? We do. We do. Okay. All right, number one. All right, let's start with you. Now you can both answer these separately or together or or answer for each other. Whatever you decide to do is fine. All right, John, what is your favorite food and who makes it the best? Uh, my favorite food. Uh, my favorite food is hot dogs. Hot dogs. All right. Any special and kind? Wait, and let's see. You're at, you're in Long best? Island. Let me guess. Nathan. I was just going to. You like Nathan. <laughs> so do they have white hots, pork hots down there in uh, Long Island? No, we, we don't. Oh. Uh, I grew up in Brockport. I grew up eating hot dogs. Uh, Zweigels are the big ones up there in uh, the Rochester, New York area, up close to Lake Ontario. And pork hots, white hot dogs are very popular up there. 
So oh, we'll yeah. have to check it out, huh, yeah. buddy? Yeah, Hoffman's makes those. They're called Snappy Grillers. So uh, I'm uh, in the uh, southern tier of New York State right now, and that's the popular one around here. So, all right, hot dogs it is. How about you, Mark? Oh, it's my favorite food. Oh, it would have to change all the time, right? But let's say it's uh, spaghetti carbonara. Oh, all right. Who makes that the best? I haven't found the perfect one, but I'm going to give the right answer. Oh, <laughs> okay. my wife. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's good. Um, question. <laughs> you are a smart man, Mark. All right. Let me see here. Question number two. What is the one secret that nobody else in the world knows about the other guy sitting next to you there? And it's something that you want the whole world to know about. One secret. Well, I can tell people something about you. John is a uh, fan of the TV show Friends. Oh, yes. And you have to remember that fan is short for fanatic. And among (laughs) other things, he sleeps with a Joey pillow. Is that so? Is Joey your favorite character, John? I I think I I I I know a secret. No, is Joey your favorite character? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. But he's not a role model. Understood. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, John. What is a secret about your dad that nobody else knows, but you want the world to know today? What do you What, what do you want? What's the secret about me? I'm a housekeeper. I was once. A hotel housekeeper, yes. I, I, my dad, uh, like a hotel a housekeeper, and also he like wearing pajamas. I, I like wearing pajamas. I never wear pajamas. Uh, you wear pajama pants. Well, I got them recently, and All you right. like that because I never wore pajamas. It's right? something that stood right. out. <laughs> but yes, among among the different jobs I had for a very brief period of time, uh, I worked at a motel on Cape Cod. Yeah. Uh, as a housekeeper, it didn't last long because it turns out one of the requirements was I had to be able to make a bed. I knew you were going to say that. There's not and many I guys that very can. Good. And the poor woman I worked for was oh following my. behind me and remaking every bed. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm choking. Unless you're in the military, there's... <laughs> I had to fall on my sword on that one. Now we now we can make a bed, but it's not the it's not the way most people would want it to be made. I'm sure you're not bouncing quarters off of a bed I make. Not mine either. Oh my gosh, this is too funny. All right, here we go. Uh, question number three: If you could talk to any famous person, who would it be? Why would you want to talk to that person, and what would you talk about? Famous person, who would you talk to? Kevin James. Kevin James. Oh, Kevin James. Is this the actor? Yeah, the actor, the comedian. Yes. And what would you talk about? I talk about I talk about my my socks. Your socks. All right. Okay. Yeah. Actually, Kevin James, John, we were able to. John is a big Kevin James fan. I get. What was it that brought you together? I gathered that. Burp snort. The burp snort. Wait a minute. The what? (laughs) Burp snort. You want to describe a burp snort? Yeah. What is it? I'm confused. He's going to tell you. I I, I, I love sniffle. A sniffle, a burp, and a fart. You sneeze, 
You burp and you fart all at the same time. Now, is this something Kevin James does, or I'm confused? He did it in a movie, and John has been practicing. So when he got to meet Kevin James, he said, watch what I do. Yeah. And Kevin James has been very good to John. Oh, right? my gosh. Right. I love that. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. <laughs> All right, John. Thank you very much. Good for you, man. All right. So um, I got to write this down. Give me the order again. Is it a burp first? It's a sneeze, right? It's a sneeze. Sneeze. A burp. Burp. And a and fart. Yeah. All right. Um, would it be Would it be too irreverent to ask for a demonstration on our podcast today, or could you that Could you do one now? Sure. All right. Go ahead, <laughs> Russ. This might be a world premiere. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. <laughs> okay all right i did he did he fart mark, uh, mark? I didn't. oh yeah he did okay this is, this is your inspiration are you are you going to be able to continue with the rest of the interview in that room or what <laughs> all right mark if you could talk to any famous person uh and i'll add in uh, dead or alive um who why and what Huh. Mom? No, she's not qualifying famous. Now, I I am a big Bob Dylan fan, but I don't <laughs> did, you, <laughs> did you just say your wife doesn't qualify as famous? Yes, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm a big Bob Dylan fan, but I don't think I ever want to talk to Bob. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to understand um, what he said anyways. Well, yeah, you'll bring your Bob Dylan Dakota ring. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who would I pick? Well... This might be a little obscure. There is a writer named Lee K. Abbott who passed away a few years ago, was a bit of a mentor of mine. I think he's a great American author. And uh, I would love to be having uh, the opportunity to have another beer with Lee. Okay. What would you be talking about? Oh, we'd be talking about New Mexico and how he didn't like too much green around. We might talk about his golf game. We might talk about what you can do with words. Hmm. Now, do you have a background in uh, literature or, or uh, poetry? Oh, or... I have a checkered background. Yeah, <laughs> I gathered that yes. already. <laughs> I have uh, I've written a, a, a large number of short stories and published many short stories, so yes. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. Fiction. Okay, um, and that's what they were, fiction? Yeah, oh. yeah fiction. I've written others. I, I wrote a movie review column for... Uh -huh couple of years back in the 80s nice. right i'm old so i get to do a lot of different things i understand yeah i feel you um and are were all of these under your own name or did you yeah. use a okay all right, yeah, they were. All right. Um, i offer going boldly success coaching for entrepreneurs and professionals and aspiring business owners do you guys mind if i ask you a coaching question go ahead all right john if there were no limitations at all what's one of the most a uh, powerful, one of the biggest things that you would like to accomplish next. What do you want to do next? Um, I, I really want to do next. Yeah. A speaking engagement. You want to do more speaking engagements. Oh, okay. You love doing those, don't you? I just want to have a more speaking engagement, more podcasts, more um, accuracy. More getting out there, more advocacy work. You like that, huh? I do. Okay. 
I love that. All right, great. Uh, Mark, if there were no constraints or limitations, what's the one most powerful and impactful goal you would accomplish first without any constraints or limitations? Well, this is something that I expect we will roll out next year. We're going to introduce the JCS Champions Program. The idea is we're going to put people with a differing ability or, or with their families, we're going to give them a business in a box and give them a business. Oh, my, I hope oh my that God. That over five years, we will put 1,000 people into business. Holy cow. Very simple thing. Oh. We'll, we want to give them, we'll give them a rack, we'll give them inventory, we'll give them training, yeah. we'll set them up with a credit card processor so they could own their own business, they could control. Remember that many can't work too many hours, but yeah. they can go to craft fairs and farmer markets, yeah. flea markets, they go to a store in town and say, could I set this up? And they will be empowered by having their own business. So we want to create 1,000 entrepreneurs in five years uh, that have a different ability. John's crazy socks. Perfect. I love it. And I, it, it, can I assume it's going to be a sock business? Yeah, we'll give them. Okay. Basically, we're not going to call it a franchise, but we'll right. give them a franchise in our business. I we're not going to call it a franchise because of all the rules and regulations and cost around setting up a franchise. Okay. But we'll give them, uh, and we're, we've been listening to a lot of people about that. Yeah. They will own that business. Yeah. They can sell that and then use that money to get more inventory from us. Sure. Um, and uh, we don't want any money up front. We, we may want something just so there's some skin in the game. Yeah, it has to be. There has to be a little bit. We, we want to empower people. So that's one of the big kind of mission-oriented. Yeah. When are you rolling that out? I opened the first quarter of 2022. Oh, my gosh. That's wonderful. And um, um, what would be the requirements for someone who might be running this business? Well, that's part of what we're working at. We want to give it to people that can succeed. So they'll have to show us the ability to make a commitment either on their own and we'll work through with other groups. So we're talking to Special Olympics. We're talking to yeah. um, National Down Syndrome Society. We've met with the uh, Joseph P. Kennedy Foundation, the Kennedy family. Uh, to discuss this as well as a couple of other initiatives. So you know, that's one big thing. The second thing we're going to introduce is our happiness index. Right? What's our mission, pal? Spreading happiness. So our mission is spreading happiness. We ought to therefore be able to measure that and say, how are we doing? So we have been working on this of uh, putting together a happiness index, 50% of it would be based on feedback from our customers and 50% from our employees. And we'll publish it on our website. We'll have a nice, neat little graphic. And you will know what's the happiness index. How much happiness are we generating? And then once we establish that, we will go to other companies and say, hey, what's your happiness index? How much happiness are you creating? Yeah. Um, you know, imagine if the president of the United States, every time he or she spoke to the nation on the podium in front of them was the latest happiness index where they had to account for how much happiness they were generating in the country. Wow. That's pretty cool. Happiness index. All right. John's crazy socks, both Mark and John, obviously are creating a lot of happiness. They're spreading happiness and it's time for the final word, John. 
What's your final word? What's, where can people find you? I go at johnscrazysocks.com. And what's your mission? What's the mission? It's pretty happiness. I love it. I love it. Thank you, guys. If Thank you very much. Wanna, if people want to reach out, you can get us. Just send an email to uh, john at johnscrazysocks.com. And do you have some advice for the entrepreneurs out there? I yeah. do. Okay. Follow your heart. Follow your dreams. Work hard. So you can do. Pretty good, pal. I love it. Thank you very and much, guys. Big Russ. All right. Listen to a big Russ. <laughs> Thank you. Somebody better start listening to me pretty soon. All right, we're done. That concludes another episode of Going Boldly. I hope you were entertained and you discovered at least one nugget of wisdom or advice that you can put into action immediately. Or maybe you received some inspiration from today's episode. And I'm certain you know at least one person who needs this podcast. Please share it with them. You might be the important link that will change their life for the better. Subscribing means you will not miss an episode. And it will make it easier for me to schedule guests because I can show them that the audience is growing. So please subscribe. It will benefit us all. Let me know how I can make this show even better. Leave a comment and send me a DM. I read everyone personally, and I do my best to respond to each and every one. As a thank you, I'll be awarding prizes. And to keep you on your toes, the winners will be randomly selected from names I find in the comments, shares, DMs, and from the list of subscribers. Prizes might be Going Boldly merch or products supplied by my guests or just something random and fun. But you have to comment, share, DM, or subscribe to be eligible to win. A special thanks to Brenna Swanger at Waverly Manor Studios for our great theme music. And finally, thanks for listening. Go boldly, keep at it, and wash your hands.